0: There is only one place you can get a true Colorado pie. It's your favorite locally owned legendary delicious pizza joint Bojo's. And guess what? They're giving the DNVR fam a free honey cheese bread with a purchase of an entree. The only place you can find a true Colorado mountain mouthwatering pie is Bojo's and they are hooking you up. With free honey cheese bread. The Colorado Mountain Pie has become a staple for not just the natives, but for those who are passing through and want to know where the best pizza in town is. Obviously, the answer is Bojo's. Their dough is made fresh daily and contains locally sourced honey. They infuse their dough with natural sweetener, and it is amazing. There's something for everyone at Bojo's as well. They're large, delicious pies for the entire family, a huge salad bar with fresh veggies galore, Colorado beer on tap, of course, including Breckenridge Brewery, and your favorite sports team playing in the background. Bojo's has private party rooms for all your get-togethers as well, and they do $4 happy hours in select locations as well as gluten-free options. So head over to your nearest Bojo's and grab an entree and get those free honey cheese bread bites as well. You can go to their site today at bojos.com. That's B-E-O-J-O-S.com. And mention DNVR to get the free cheesy bread and Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole a left by Cole this time tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. he shoots and scars Nathan McKinnon Cole J.T. Comfer 877 goes now Gabriel Landeskog collective hugs 29 and 92 See me by Grubauer! move over Picasso This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their Colorado locations or check out online at mygreensolution.com and use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph, back on the pod as I do have a voice, even if it is a little scratchy at times, and joining me once again is Evan Rowell to talk once again about the Avs losing a hockey game, but hey, bright side, they did at least get to OT, so they do pick up one point out of the game. Evan, you were there. How did you feel about this one? Um,
1: I mean, I really didn't think the Avs played bad. I, I, it was just a hard fought game where the I would say the Penguins got one more save than the Avs did, and that was kind of the difference. Both teams played pretty well. It was not a high high event game. It was Um, not a lot of shots, not a lot of power play opportunities for either team. And it just, you know, the Avs made a few mistakes on rush coverage and that was really the end of it. It, That other than that, I thought, I thought they played pretty well
0: overall, but just did not obviously come out on top. Yeah. You know, from the metrics, it was a fairly even game on both sides. Shots were 31 to 30 in the Avs favor. And then you go on down the line and everything came out pretty even and it was a close game. So As much as we have talked about the goalies, we're going to have to do it again after a game like this, whether it's Grubauer or this time Fransos in net, the abs just continue to not get that big save when they need one, whether it was an OT on one that Fransos honestly probably should have had or pick one of the two in the third period. And these are opportunities that are decent shots. Brian Rust gets all alone from near the middle of the circles. Same kind of deal on Malkin shot. They let him walk in all the way to the faceoff dot, and it goes off the post and in. But at a certain point, what are you paying your goalies for here?
1: Yeah, the um, man. It feels like every time Francois gets a chance to maybe you know get go on a run here and take the starting job, and then he has the Minnesota game where he looked awful, and then tonight where um, he didn't look awful, but you know, I, I the Brian Rust goal was it was ugly. Uh, you can't just have a goal go right through you like that. And it kind of squeaked through them. Um, certainly didn't have a lot of help from everyone on the ice. It was kind of comical what was happening in front of him on that goal. But, um, the Malkin goal, it it didn't look like a great angle. The first time I saw it, the second time, I, you know, there seemed to be a slight screen in front of him, but, um, also Malkin's an all world player. Those ones happen. And, um, the overtime goal just goes right through him too. So those are my big issues. It's just like the group hours the other night where the goals are just going right through these guys. It's Those are ones you feel like you can you can stop those, whereas you're
0: getting beat by an elite shot on Malkin's goal. I, I'll live with those ones. Well, and it's a combination of the thing, right? You can brush off Malkin's goal, but if he's going to miss the Russ goal, if he's going to miss the McCann goal, you need to make up for that by saving some of those Malkin ones, right?
1: Yeah, you'd like to see it. And, and I, I really don't feel like the Avs gave up like a ton of dangerous chances tonight, especially in the first period. I don't feel like have really had to do anything. Um, it was just, you know, with the, as the game went on, it seemed like every decent chance the, the Penguins got, it went in. And that's
0: kind of in the story of like with the goalies. We'll get into the defense probably as well a little bit later. But you, as you said in the first period, Again, the stats were pretty even, but from the eye test, honestly, the Avs felt like they controlled that period for the majority of it. It was not very dangerous work from the Penguins for the most part. So is that progress? We saw the last time the Avs were skidding out like this, they were struggling to get off two starts in games. They were quickly getting themselves into 0-2 holes and things like that. At least getting a lead in this one to start that's got to be a move in the right direction, yeah?
1: Yeah, I thought the Avs were definitely the better team in the first period. Um, Bednar said as much in, after the game as well. I, I like the way they played. Uh, the Penguins, like I mentioned, they didn't really get a lot. Their best chance was when Rust flew around EJ, and then, of course, he just decided he's going to sit on Franco. So um, that's not allowed. Uh, so that goal got called back. But obviously, I, I mean— the first period, the Avs played really well. It was funny. I was sitting next to all of the Penguin scratches, including Crosby, and McKinnon was just flying in that period. And they were all just like, oh, my God, we're screwed. Like, they they could see it in his eyes that he was flying. So um, it's kind of – it's always fun watching other players when, they, when they're when they watching other NHL guys on the ice. It's, it's just fun to sit next to him and listen to that. But um, he was flying in the first period, and I thought – yeah, I mean, I thought the Avs played really well. Um, So they left with, the, I mean, I think they earned that one, nothing lead coming out of the first and it's just uh, second period. got away from them a little bit. They started to go to the box a couple times and that's when they got into trouble and lost a little bit of that momentum.
0: Yeah. What uh, I understand, you know, no team's going to play a full 60. That's completely dominant. There's another hockey team out there actively trying to prevent that, but how can the Avs get a little more consistent from period to period? Because, We've seen night in and, and night out, they can come out of a, a intermission and they look like a completely different team.
1: Yeah, and then it's weird because the second period, the Avs are usually a very good team and it's just they, they took a bit of a step back tonight. So, um, yeah, I mean, other teams adjust. Yeah, it's always easy to forget that there's just two teams out there and the Penguins are a very good team. Uh, even though they're missing a lot of good players, specifically Crosby, they're still hanging around and they um, – I am not looking at the stains right now. I feel like they're right there with the Avs in terms of points. So, that's a good team on the other side and they made some adjustments and um it just, you know, I I think the Avs the it, the penalties they took were uh, the the Cole one was just a little bizarre. He just went to clear the puck and his stick ended up almost killing that guy. It looked pretty nasty from where I was, but um and then the EJ one behind his own net is he got beat with speed, and then you know took a penalty behind his own net. But um, it did feel like you know the rest were let, letting a lot go. So some of the things the abs, you know, the EJ one, I feel like could have been called either way, the way things were going tonight. But as far as these games go, I mean, if you, even if you look at the third period right before Russ ties the game, the abs are inches away from extending the lead to two, to, three to one. So that's just the way hockey is, and. You know, you're not going to go full 60 and pretty much dominate another team, especially one as good as Pittsburgh. And um, I don't feel like the Avs played poorly in the second period. It's just they didn't play as good as they did in the first.
0: I would say that's that's mostly fair. I would like to see a bit more consistency out of the team and certainly not when something like that third period goal happens. Maybe don't go into the tank a little bit. You got to be able to find ways to to counterpunch to a certain extent as this team does seem to struggle with that
1: yeah the th- I don't know if they're just fragile in the third period or what right now but yeah it's it's I, I get where you're coming from and especially right now offensively it seems like if it's not McKinnon it's you're not getting it from a lot of people right now so yeah. um, it's definitely the McKinnon show and you know you're kind of wondering you know where's Miko Randon been the last three games he's not even attempting shots at this point it's just you're wondering where the heck he is um Kadri I think has been pretty disappointing um it's Burakovsky's not you know he's picking up assists at least he's contributing we talked about the other night he's contributing in other ways but um you don't ever want to see him with no shots on goal and just one attempt on night and then you know I don't even want to talk about what the heck happened there in overtime that was that was bad um but yeah I mean right now it just seems like it is the McKinnon show and the abs need a little bit more from these other
0: guys yeah, uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But since you mentioned that over time, that makes me want to drink. So time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery as the official beer of DNVR. I'm sticking with the Strawberry Sky these days. Throat's still not 100%, so that one goes down easy for me. An easy one to drink. But you have a ton of other options from them as well, whether it's Whatever their current seasonal is, whether I've seen the Christmas ale, they had the autumn ale before that. I don't even know what their spring one is. I'm sure it will be great. Or you can go with one of their classics like the Avalanche Amber Ale. You can find them at your local liquor store or just about anywhere else, basically, that sells alcohol across the country at this point. But the biggest selection is, of course, here in Colorado, so keep an eye out for them. And also keep an eye out for the Breckenridge event calendar on dnvr.com We have all of our events on there, so you can come out, drink some Breck brews with us, and have a good time. So before that, we were talking about the lack of production here, particularly from the second line guys, I would say Nazem Kadri specifically. He had that one breakout game four or five games ago, I think it was. And then he's gone right back into struggling to produce. Obviously, with Donskoy Hurt, that mixes things up, makes it a little bit tougher for them. But uh, Calvert and Belmar have stopped producing, which isn't a big surprise. What they were doing, everyone kind of knew, wasn't going to keep up. And that's where you need that second line to produce, and it's just not coming right now.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Calvert did score a big goal tonight. But yeah, Belmar, I mean... We all could have seen this coming. A guy who's he's already hit his career high in points for uh, his career, so it's not a huge surprise he stopped go- scoring. Nieto stopped scoring. Tyson Jost has you know one goal in his last thirty-five games. I think it is. Um, I feel like is picking it up a little bit, uh, but yeah, I mean the big guys are Kadri and Burakovsky, and you just need a little bit more from them in terms of goal scoring because Kadri's not the. Uh, greatest distributor of the puck, so you you just need more production from him in general, and maybe I guess more in general just carrying that line where it doesn't feel like that's that's happening um and Nachushkin really just felt very out of place on that line tonight. I don't know about you, but um I thought and this is maybe more on the staff than anything putting him up there where maybe he's not gonna necessarily succeed, but he he might have been the worst to afford on the ice just because he was in a place where it, it, maybe he's just not best suited for. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's things are compo- compounding now where Belmar's scoring is kind of coming back down to earth and you're just not getting consistent production from uh, a guy like a Joost or Kamenev didn't really do
0: much with his opportunity tonight either. So you need that second line to step up. With Nichushkin there's that saying in the the business world, you rise to your level of ineptitude in middle management. And I feel like that's kind of what's happening with him now. Still a solid player, still worthy of being in the NHL, but when you continue to play well and they keep wanting to give you opportunities, eventually you hit a certain point where you're just going to be outclassed by your competition or you can't keep up with your line mates. And while Nuke has been a great addition, the idea of him being a top six forward still feels a little bit out of his depth.
1: Yeah. And, and I think we're kind of starting to see it on defense with graves too. It's just guys have, they're kind of been surprises. So they're keep giving them more and see what they can handle. Um, and yeah, nutrition has been a really, really nice pickup. I think he's made all of us eat some crow here. Cause we, I didn't think he was going to be this good, but, um, I almost think that they're putting him in the top six just cause they know that they need somebody that's going to kind of grind it out. And, um, it just didn't work tonight. And uh, I guess we'll just kind of see what's what they're going to do next game because Bednar seems to be switching up the lines every other game. I think they're lucky to make it through an entire game at this point, to be honest with you. It- yeah, I saw Kamenev was with K- Kadri down the stretch, too. So I mean, I think they're just throwing anything they can out there to figure this out. Yep. Or,
0: or just slap Nathan McKinnon on it like that meme. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much seems to be the go to now. We'll talk a little bit more about McKinnon in the, the second period, but first, if McKinnon's going to be the top dog, then you also are going to need a top dog electrician. No, that was a bad one. That was a bad one. <laughs> need, need some work. That one needs some uh, some workshopping. But Piper Electric is the local electrician for you here in Denver since 1983 through a commitment to customer service and team performance. They are the contractor you can trust. You can call 303-646-6765 and they'll give you the DNVR hookup and save you 20% off your next service call whether the work is residential, commercial or industrial, Piper Electric has the top professionalism and integrity in the biz. Again, call 303-646-6765 to get 20% off your next service call. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm Rudo. He is Evan Nathan McKinnon. We already knew he was a special player. We know he's one of the best players in the league. He only scored one goal in this game, but if you watched him, even for him, it's not super common to have a night where he looks as possessed as he did in this one. I mean, he was making players look foolish on every single play.
1: Yeah, and like I said, when, you know, in the first period, when the opposing team scratches or injured guys in the press box are just ogling over you. You know, you're doing something right. And he was flying in the first period. He had that rush up the ice where um, I think it was pretty early in the game where Murray stopped him. And then he had the the saucer pass over, I don't know who it was laying on the ice, but right to EJ for a chance in the slot. So um, he could have created three or four goals by himself in the first period. And um, unfortunately he only was able to create one, but He's doing everything he can, at least offensively right now, to keep this team in the hunt. And uh, he's doing it, dragging around. Uh, Landy had, you know, I guess we have to call it a goal, but I don't know. know, (laughs) He got a little lucky there, I would say. Uh, And then Miko, you know, he's just not not in it right now. So uh, Nate's dragging around some subpar line mates right now and doing everything he can to keep this team going.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only the person best facilitating McKinnon right now is Sam Girard, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and I mean, how good was?
0: I don't know. You know, it's
1: harder to see on the replays, but man, he made Murray bite so hard yeah. that he was going to shoot the puck, and that's why McKinnon had so much room. That was such a nice play.
0: let That seems to be a a nice little niche the Avs power play has found. They went one for three in this game off of that McKinnon one timer from Girard. Gerard has found the ability to get that fake shot, getting people to bite with it. Obviously, some of that is he's simply just shooting more, so they have to respect it. But how big of a difference is that for the as power play? not only for Gerard to have a little bit more respect but also for Nathan McKinnon to be willing to fire off those shots. Yeah, it's it's so weird because when McCarr was hurt,
1: Gerard was awful at running the power play and now it seems like something's either clicked or it's just everything's going right for him. But yeah, there's something something really well going on right now, and I don't know I'm not fond of the the power play units right now, but um at least as far as just you know, they have Lannis cog on the wall. I don't think he's necessarily very good there, but it's working and I like you know, I, I don't mind seeing McKinnon just wind up and rip it uh, because he's got the best shot on the team and you want your best player taking those shots. So I'm co- completely fine with it. And, you know, Sam is a very good distributor of the puck. And at least I don't think teams are very much afraid of his shot at all, but at least he's keeping him honest. And that's that's half the battle on a power play is just, you know, not having the other team just shade right towards McKinnon. You got to at least keep him honest so that he's – uh. You know, going to have a little bit more room to
0: fire away. Obviously, you take one for three on the power play every single night. A 33% power play will get you the top of the league, essentially. But much like the Avs need a timely save, their timely power plays seem to come up short as well as they had – two opportunities in the third period one when it was 2-2 and one when they were down by one near the end of the game now they did ultimately end up getting that tying goal but the power plays did not do the job for them late in this game
1: no and i think you know pittsburgh deserves some credit they were they played pretty well especially down the stretch um as far as killing the penalties go that last power play um i thought it was pretty ugly to be honest, and Kadri was kind of turning it over here and there. Um, it is disappointing to see. And and the thing is that they stacked those, it looked like they stacked those power plays back to the units that they were before. Because um, Makar was out there with the, like McKinnon and Kadri, wasn't he not at the end there? And that's not what they've been running with. with that's been having some stretch. So, or having some success here. So um, it seems like they maybe got away with what was working just trying to get this thing tied up put your best players out there and see what happens um but yeah i mean and even you know the power play didn't do their job and even the penalty kill as good as the first penalty kill was um the the penguins first goal was essentially a, a a power play goal because ej had basically just stepped onto the ice so um specialty teams continued to kind of be an
0: issue at least power play looked a little bit better at times tonight Yeah, the PK is tough for me, right? Because you need your goaltender to be your best PK right now. And the Avs goaltenders are in a weird spot where sometimes they can come up with a big save, but then they'll come right back and give up an easy one. And and as you said, it's technically not a power play goal in this one, but uh, it's just a struggle right now with this team. And and the issues compound, right? If mm-hmm. Rancos comes up with a big save, all of a sudden the Avs defenseman can't clear the puck, and it was all for naught. Yeah,
1: Well, I mean, the first penalty, I don't even think the Avs gave up a shot on goal. It was basically Penguins get in the zone, the Avs would just take it away and clear it. So um, the goal that was essentially a, a power play goal for the Penguins was just more Ian Cole blocking a—he sh- tried to play goalie, and then he went YOLO. It just like ran to the point and left his guy wide open, so it didn't make a ton of sense there, but— um, yeah, I mean, Francois just didn't get over in time, but I don't know if I put too much of the blame on him there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, like you said, everything's compounding right now. And, um, it seems like every single
0: mistake the as are making has ended up in their net at the, at yep. the moment. 100% does feel a little bit like that. I think that's where some of the frustration stems from this game, because, the Avs got the complete meme goal out of Gabe Landeskog, where he flips it in from the neutral zone, and and Murray misplays it, plus a funky bounce. It felt like you know what the Avs actually got some luck in this game, and they still weren't able to turn it around. Is that a concern at all? And the do they? I I don't really know what what I'm trying to say here. I guess even when they got that lucky goal and. They did manage to pick up a, a last-minute goal in the game, which, I, you know, it's skill, but I think there's a little bit of luck involved there to score with an empty net. And you still end up losing the game. How do they get out of this rut if that's not enough to get them there?
1: Yeah, it was nice to at least get the game time. It was at their first goal with an empty net this year. So. Yep. Something different, and it's weird that it was not the main guys on the ice. They're not the guys who are totally predictable and that you know what they're going to do. It was just, you know, Burakovsky gets to the point, and then you got two guys right in front of the net for deflections, and that's how it went in. So um, that was nice. Th- this whole thing about blowing leads at home in the third period, it's getting, it's getting a little old, and uh, it's the same things over and over again. It's the rush coverage um i talked about it a little bit earlier but the coverage on that the top line defensively you know if they're going to score goals that's fine but they need to be so much better defensively it was just if you watch that rust goal it's just mckinnon's just standing there doing nothing and then land kind of sliding through for some reason and he takes out my and it's it's kind of like the benny hill music should have been playing there so Um, and even on the, the Malkin goal, I feel like the top line, I think they were still out there. It's just a line change that was happening. So, um, they just need to be better there. And yeah, it's just, everything is all these mistakes that are ending up in their net. They're really, you know, if you look at it, you know, the, the rust play, if you, you know, Francois makes the initial save on Malkin and you would think the four guys on the ice. Cause Malkin kind of went on his own. Somebody would have been able to get to that puck and nothing happened. So it's just frustrating. And I can see why, um, Fedner's getting more and more frustrated. Not that he's without blame, but, um, you know, there's just a lot of things that are happening right now that are just not, you know, not great. And they're
0: happening at the wrong times in the game. I don't want to put this on Francis. Cause I don't think this part was his fault on the, on the Malkin save Malkin, Malkin, whatever. Uh, always prone to giving up some big rebounds is what we're seeing a bit of a result of when the abs can't collect them. How much of that is on the defense? How much is that on Francis to clean those up and at least direct him to the corner or something?
1: Yeah. His rebound control definitely needs to be better on that one. You know, it was a one on five. I think you would expect somebody to be there and it was just, everyone was just kind of standing around because the avs had just had a rush the other end and i don't know if they were just exhausted and weren't weren't moving but um yeah i do think the book is kind of getting out on O's and that's kind of what i was thinking was going to happen um uh, it happens all goalies you know that don't have long resumes in the NHL. the teams get more and more tape on them they know where to shoot uh and you know this is what happens they're gonna uh, sh- shoot for rebounds and crash the net and you know you're noticing a lot of glove side shots now so um, yeah I mean this is the rebound controls I don't I don't really blame him too much on that goal just because there's should have been somebody there but um, it's not surprising to see teams take advantage of this after after a couple months of
0: tape on him just to play devil's ad advocate a little bit as I have the goal pulled up right now that rebound goes glove side. It pops out of his glove and shoots right up the slot here. And, you know, granted, Landis Gog totally wiping out is a lot of the reason that puck got through. But, I mean, lesson number one when it comes to goaltender rebounds is do not put them right out the slot, basically. So.
1: Oh, and he's been bailed out plenty of times by the defense on his rebounds as the year has gone, or pretty much all year long. Um, but, you know, yeah, obviously not a great rebound. You just kind of hope somebody's there to, to pick it up. Um, and it's more the second shot that you <laughs> don't like going right through him. But yeah, I mean, the rebound control is an issue. Um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm not a goalie. I, I'm a normal person. I'm not a goalie. No, I'm just <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, goalies are, you know, I think they're just, their thought is I got to make the initial save and, you know, we'll kind of go from there and, um, Yeah, I mean, the Avs just got to do – they've done pretty well for the most part clearing out his rebounds, but that
0: one they weren't able to get to, and he just let up a muffin right after it. I'm not saying this is going to happen. In fact, I expect that it will not happen, but – What, an Avs goal! He's going to make a save in January? (laughs) Well, let's say that they don't. Let's say that they struggle just like last season all the way through the month, and it starts – tank the Avs season is there a world where you give adam warner a go give him a look um
1: i doubt it i really do um i would rather keep him in the ahl and let him play uh he you know i guess it wouldn't hurt to give him a taste and he seems to have you know after the way he was moving up and down with all the with grubauer's injury he was backing up with the Avs, and then he went down to the ahl and kind of struggled now that he's been down there for a while, it seems like he's really picked it up of late. But I'd rather keep him down there all year. I thought you were going to say trade for a goalie, and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> no, I, I won't even acknowledge the idea of trading for a goalie. Yeah, I'm actually not completely against the idea of Henrik Lundqvist just because he's only got, I think, one more year left on his deal. But I just think it's extremely unrealistic, and it takes up so much of your cap space. But I think giving Adam Werner a shot is... I, I would say it's highly unlikely, but you know, if we're still having this
0: conversation in February, who the heck knows? If the ducks are giving away John Gibson for chump change, then I can have that conversation, but yeah. pretty I, much anyone else.
1: I don't see that happening, but Hey, the GM's a little weird. I don't know if I trust him. If I was him,
0: definitely not trading for Carey price. I'll say that much. Oh, you don't want a goaltender making 15 million or whatever he's making. Yeah, right. So, I don't know. Maybe when Bergevin gave Price that contract, he was hitting up Mile High Green Cross. (laughs) These guys offer an experience that you won't forget. Mile High Green Cross has award-winning products. Products that will give a $10.5 million contract to a goalie. Check out this year's Cannabis Cup winning products when you head to their website. They're giving the DNVR fam $5 off your purchase of $25 or more. Just mention this Ad. They have a variety of CBD products from edibles to concentrates to cartridges, and they pride themselves on customer service. Every single time you pop in, you will receive one-on-one attention from their seasoned sales associates, and they also have amazing prices like $99 pre-pack ounces and V3 Hash Oil Bulk deals five cartridges for a hundred dollars. They have out-the-door pricing for you, and they get you in and out extremely quickly as well. The average time from entering to leaving the store is just nine minutes, so you can get on with your day. They are conveniently located on 9th and Broadway and even have parking in the back. So just remember to mention this ad to get $5 off your purchase of $25 or more. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I am Ruto. He is Evan. Let's talk about that overtime. Um, I think rule number one is if it's not a power play, just do not put Nathan McKinnon and Nazem Kadri on the ice at the same time.
1: Yeah, they don't work. They have not worked together at even strength any time they've tried them this year.
0: I What it looked like to me, especially in that overtime and how it usually looks with those two is Kadri will get the puck. He wants to hang on to it. He wants to do his thing as an individual and create for himself. And he starts to do that a little bit. And then it's almost like he gets in his own head and goes, oh, yeah, right. That's Nathan McKinnon. And then just kind of doesn't know what to do and gets rid of the puck. And and McKinnon has to go bail him out, basically.
1: One, there's not enough pucks on the ice for the two of them to be on the ice at the same time, and two, there's yeah. just not enough chemistry really between them. Um, even on the power play, they don't have a ton of chemistry either. So, um, yeah, and I get why they want Kadri out there because he can win the faceoff, um, and I can't even remember if he did because I. This is a first world problem, but when you know there's five minutes left, we have to go down to ice level, and I'm of course there was three goals down there tonight, and I do not understand the people that can watch these games on the glass. It is the worst angle to watch. So um, I didn't see even if he won the face but I that's really the only reasoning I'm assuming that Bednar had him out there, but he essentially won the, the abs came up with
0: possession. We'll put it that way.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, it just, it doesn't work. And especially since the abs don't really have another center that you can put out there I guess they've been using confer in overtime, but beyond that, they don't have another center to go out there with the next unit. So if something was to happen, you need a center on the ice, then you just had both of them
0: out there at the same time. It just seems like a super easy fix for overtime. We see teams swap that based on the possession all the time. If Kadri wins the face off, just shoot it back to your D skate off and put McKinnon on. Yeah. And can I just, I do not
1: like three on three has just become so overcoached now. It's just not even, it's not what it used to be. And it's, you know, he had the Penguins just reset like six times tonight and waited their waited their turn. It's just not the high flying overtime it was. You know, when when it started, it's. I wish the days of the just end to end rushes was back.
0: You uh, you agree with the comments we were getting on Twitter? Should they put a backcourt violation in? <laughs> That'd
1: be an interesting rule. I mean, if they're promoting offense, I would do it. But yeah, yeah, it's just. I mean. What was the last overtime the Abs were in? The, oh, the Dallas game where it's just a bunch of guys skating around on the outside. Nobody yeah, actually took a shot. It was awful. Just, it's awful the, to watch at times. And it's just yeah, it, it, the three on three. The Abs are just for some reason they're just
0: not good at it,
1: and it doesn't make sense because they have guys that you would think would be very good at it. So
0: here's the thing that I think where it starts to make sense is because we've seen that transition to heavily coached play despite there being all that room out there, there's far fewer odd man rushes happening. And the Avs are a team that scores on the rush. They just are. That's a fact of life of this team. And when you get into that setup in the offensive zone, it seems like the Avs aren't quite willing to play that cycle game and waiting for the team to make a mistake. They just give it to McKinnon or give it to Kadri and say, go drive the net and try to make a play. And they end up turning the puck over and it's back the other way.
1: Yeah, and you know, they're not willing to do it a ton offensively and they don't, we talked about the defensive IQ of this team is just not all there. Rantanen looks completely lost in overtime, in my opinion. So it's almost to the point where you don't even want to use him because he's kind of a liability out there. So um, yeah, that the, all of the coaching changes and, you
0: know, over coaching and overtime definitely hurts the abs a little bit. Is that, something that Bednar can fix, at least in the offensive zone. We've had the conversation about how the Avs, you can't really coach a player to be smarter. I I understand that. But in the offensive zone, I think you can set up the systems to facilitate that passing a little bit more and and maybe telling McKinnon or Kadri to lay off the gas a little bit.
1: Yeah. You know, I don't know. Because Bednar was asked after the game if he thinks overtime's a kind of a crap shoot and he said no i don't I, so obviously they it, i've never actually seen them really practice it in practice so they must just go over it in meetings um but yeah i mean i don't know exactly what they're wanting out of the players because the Avs, at least in this game it didn't feel like they had a lot of offensive zone time Their really their main chance was that rush with burakovsky which was hideous
0: yeah, two on one, and you don't even get a shot off. Well, Never I, feels good.
1: <laughs> for grades, I used the picture of it, and Burkovsky is half a foot away from the goalie, and his head is just staring at the puck. I don't even know if he like a fish fully saw where Makar was. They just did not. That was just ugly, and um, yeah, it ended up costing him. I don't, did the Avs even get a shot on? Because they didn't. I don't think they counted that as a shot on goal, even though the goalie tipped it away. But yeah, it's just not. It's not good enough, and to get the game into overtime to tie a LA, late, you got the crowd on your side and everything, and just not take advantage of the momentum is just it stinks.
0: Well, I mean, a lot of that crowd was wearing yellow.
1: To be fair, oh, but yeah.
0: there was a lot of there was a lot of Penguins fans in there tonight, especially up top. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but so the Avs don't get their chance to go in overtime. McKinnon, I think, got another one where he almost put it through a guy's legs, but couldn't quite get there on the backside. And then Pittsburgh comes down the other way, and this is where we can start to talk about the abs defense. I have the goal pulled up here, so so I get a firsthand look at it, but Pittsburgh enters the zone. Kadri 100% is gliding behind this play, but EJ just backs off way too far, gives way, way too much of a gap, leaves the entire high slot completely open for McCann to step into and throw a shot towards. Yeah, you can talk about how Francois should have saved it, but EJ essentially defended nothing on that play.
1: Yeah, and Bednar said as much after the game that he didn't like the gap on the two goals in the third period or in overtime, and I was actually surprised EJ was even on the ice because – if you look at the Avs when they tied the game up for the last 30 seconds, they had Gerard and they had Zadorov on the ice. So I thought they might go with Z in overtime um, just because he's a little bit better in the gap control. But they went with EJ, and I think I think he was only out there for like 20 seconds. So it wasn't a long shift for him. Um, and, yeah, he just gave up too much space. And then uh, beyond that, you know, we all saw it float through Franco. So a save you'd like to see him make. But, yeah, they need to gap up a little bit better on that one. And,
0: I mean, let's be honest, he played probably the best of the D outside Gerard tonight.
1: Yeah, he had... You can tell when the staff is happy with him because he played seven minutes in the first period at even strength. And if you look at the Rangers game, I think he played nine and a half total minutes at even strength. So um, he was physical. McCar even after the game, brought up his name in, in his post-game interview, just saying how well he played. So... Um, I it felt like, and we've seen Z in overtime be pretty effective because he can move and he can cover and he gets on guys and he stays on them. Um, so it would have been something that I would have used him in overtime. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he outside of Gerard was probably one of their better defensemen.
0: All right, that I mean, I'm with you there. I, I don't have any any counter argument to that. At the end of the day, this is another game where. An Avs goaltender had under a 900 save percentage. It's Francois is now down to just a, a 500 quality starts. So, it, what's? I'm not a goalie coach. I don't. I'm not a goalie expert. How do you get a goalie out of a funk like the Avs seem to have right now?
1: I have no idea, to be honest, because it's it's stuff that they were stopping two months ago, a month ago is this is all just stuff that comes up seemingly same, same as last year. And like I said, I don't even think the abs played bad. It's just that they're, you know, they made a couple mistakes and they end up in the back of the net. So, um, I, I don't know how much of his mental, because you look at Pittsburgh's side and Matt Murray gives up a ridiculous goal, which is pure bad luck. And you think that would make him crumble and he comes back in the third period and he's great. So, um, I really don't know what comes into it. It's just, I don't know if it's all mental right now, but um, we've seen both of these guys can be successful. It's just not, unfortunately, it's not working at the same exact time right now. And I don't know where they go from here because maybe the best thing that can happen to them right now is they're going to get a week and a half off to just get away from the game and maybe clear their minds. Um, obviously, the AFCs have four games before them, but uh, maybe the All-Star break isn't the worst thing in the world to come up here soon.
0: How much is this the swinging back of the pendulum towards middle when it comes to things like PDO and and things like that. I still have the best PDO in the league at 5 on 5, but it's down to 1.02, much more of a reasonable number.
1: Yeah, things are kind of evening out. Um but it's yeah, I guess it's evening out the extreme the other way whereas this it was the extreme in the good way earlier in the year. So, um I think it was going to come down. It's just, it stinks to see it coming down all at once. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it'll turn around eventually, but this was bound to happen at some point. Um, the ev's are still, I don't think their shooting percentage is going to drop too much, so they it's just finding a way to, I guess, get a, one or two more saves in every game, which is easier said than done, as we can see right now.
0: Yeah, it does kind of feel like, Everything has gone a little bit haywire when it comes to that at the same time. If you get one more save a game, if you get that one goal that they can't get to go in or or whatever, whether it be on a McKinnon rush or a Landis Gog opportunity or whoever, these games look totally different. So,
1: yeah, and I was going to so I was watching the Eagles game on the press box. I had it on because AHL TV was completely free tonight uh, to the point where the scout next to me was like, how are you watching that game? I was like,
0: okay, you don't even nice. understand this. So. Seems like a scout would know that, but yeah, okay.
1: you think you would know that, but, um, Kamenev played tonight. We don't know how long Donskoy is out, but Bowers, another goal, another assist. He's got 11 points. I think in his last 10 games. I mean, at what? I'm I'm thinking that they might give him a shot soon. To be
0: honest, I mean, what are your thoughts? I, I know you watch the Eagles play a lot more than me. I mean, I'd give him a shot. I don't know why you'd... Especially if Donskoy is going to miss more than, like, a couple games here. If he's going to miss all the way through the All-Star break, what's holding you back here? I don't... You know, Kamenev, solid player, but he's clearly not going to have that significant of an impact in the role that they have him in right now. He only played less than eight minutes, and, you know, there's pretty obvious... Things where Bednar does not like that style of player. So why not give Bowers that chance instead?
1: Yeah, and I like Kamenev too. And I think he is, I, I've noticed him trying to be more physical. Um, I don't know if that's just something the staff has asked him to, but the reality is we know that he's probably not Bednar's favorite guy. So why don't you give this guy a shot? If, you, you know, he was hurt while everyone was getting hurt early in the year and the Avs need a little bit of a boost, I would say, in the bottom I guess nine is what we would call it up front. So especially a guy with size, it wouldn't hurt to see what you got here. And um, I don't think giving, even if he's not completely ready, giving it a guy a taste to see what he's got to get better at is not the worst thing in the world. I, I think they should be looking into this and maybe something they can try before the all-star break, all-star break.
0: I mean – I don't know how much more ready you can be than 11 points in 10 games in the AHL. Yeah. I'm sure I understand the NHL is a whole different beast, but if he's playing that well and that doesn't earn him an opportunity, I mean, nothing will, right?
1: Yeah. And, you know, the scout I was sitting next to, he's located in Denver. So he's he's at a lot of the games. And I was asking him, you know, what do you think of Bowers? Because he goes up there and watch him, And he said, oh, I think he needs a few more years in the AHL. And I was like, really? I don't know about that. Yeah, I think it's just old school talk sometimes. With that's uh, yeah, one hundred percent
0: disagree. Bauer should be playing NHL games next year. One hundred percent.
1: Yeah. So, um, I think that's you know to get out of this funk. I wouldn't mind seeing a young guy get a shot. Maybe you can boost the team when they're down. Um, I also think they should. You know, they've gone back to the Graves McCarr pairing, and it's just it doesn't have the same jump that it had early in the year. And a lot of that is Makar's just not at his best right now, but I would switch up the D pairs too. And just maybe see if you can get something going there too.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that. I think Cole didn't play particularly well next to Zadorov tonight either. So
1: no, Cole was a bit of a, the third period was all over the place from him.
0: Yeah. I, so it, it's just a mess right now, and the Avs got to find something that works, something that prevents every error costing them. So, final thoughts, Evan? Ultimately, I mean, I don't
1: feel as bad about this loss as I did with the Rangers game, whereas they played down to their competition and just were not good. Uh, I felt like they played pretty well tonight and just, um, just didn't come out on top, and sometimes that happens. It's just uh, it's a tough start to a homestand when you're up, with a third period lead and you blow it and can only come out of the game with one point. So um, big game on Tuesday because Dallas is last time I saw they're right there with the Avs. Um, I think they had tied them yesterday. So uh, they are now one point ahead of the Avs
0: with a game in hand. So.
1: Yeah. Cause we kind of talked about it. I don't, you want that home ice advantage if you can get it in the first round at the very least. So Tuesday is a big game for them and they've, they need to, come out firing at all cylinders
0: no better team to figure it out against than a divisional opponent certainly but so they've struggled against they've struggled in the division they need to figure it out well evan if the abs can get some timely saves what would that be i'm, I'm ready this time it's a game changer it is a game-changer, and now it's time to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. The reviews are incredible, so check them out. The CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, even help decrease anxiety. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we could not recommend it more to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully you can check it out for yourself today and get 20 percent off when you use code dnvr20 at checkout and you'll get it shipped straight to your door that's going to do it for us on this one as always thank you for listening since we were off thursday because of our horribly broken voices we will be back again tomorrow for a saturday episode I don't know if it will be AJ or Evan, but I will be on for sure. And I would like to thank Evan again for stepping up and filling in for AJ and I while we were dying of voice death. (laughs) I'm just glad I don't have to do the reads right now. Yeah, yeah. You got to learn how much I have to talk. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I, I get it. (laughs) But yeah, we will talk to you guys tomorrow, Saturday. So have a good weekend.